Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Just so I know my audience, how many Vanguard students we have here? Cool. All right. We got a few. All right. They're like, we don't want to be known. We're just here to go to church. We're not in chapel. No, you don't get chapel credit for this, so that's great. Um, they get credit for going to chapel because they, they, they get to go to 30 every semester. They get to go to 30. Yes, that is the opportunity that we have given them. And honestly, since the school started in 1920, uh, meeting with God has been a regular thing, and so that's not going to stop. I was, in fact, we had board meetings list last week, and you know, occasionally you'll get, I'm just giving you some college Vanguard insight here. Occasionally you'll get some people like, why do we have to go to chapel? You shouldn't make people go to church. Agreed. I agree with you. But for 100 years, that has been part of the construct of, of this university. And as we know, if we get, we can get lost in our knowledge and think, oh, we know so much. And we, the first thing to go, if you, if you recognize your own life, I don't know about you, I'm a pastor, but this is what happens in my life. First thing to go is my devotion time with God because I get so busy doing all the things. Got to study, got to study, got to work, got to make money, got to pay the bills. I don't have time. God knows, God knows I love him. The first thing to go is our Bible reading, our prayer time, first thing out the door, because it's not practical. And yet when we spend time in God's presence, as we just took time to do this morning, that's beautiful. Isaac, dude, I, I'm, I know you're the guy just doing it, but the, the construct of your church to have worship before worship We say it's important, but for 21 years I've been pastoring, I don't think I've ever had that kind of encounter with God that way before a church service, because that encounter does happen during the worship, which we just did as well, and the worship band did great, Estelle and Aaron, you guys are awesome, way to go. Um, but man, it's just a, it's a beautiful thing. So I want to thank Pastor Jeff for um, trusting me, let's say that, with his pulpit, if you will. I do honor that and I respect that, so I want to do my best to fill in the gap, so to speak, um, and I'm thankful that I get to be here, not just alone, but with Zeke in the back there and Stella and Aaron, who, Aaron was one of our worship interns, and now Stella is one of our worship interns uh, here in Spiritual Formation Offices, which are right here. We share this complex with you. Um, we, we cover it during the week, Monday through Friday. You cover it on Saturday and Sunday. Sound like a good plan? All right, cool. We'll keep working together that way. Um, but a little bit uh, about me, just so you guys know, I, I, I have three kids. We, okay, if I look exhausted, it's because I am. We have been moving all weekend, um, and it's been brutal. We, we, uh, let's say it this way. We, when we got here from Washington, D.C., where we were pastoring um, up until three and a half years ago, um, we couldn't find cheap enough housing anywhere because it's Orange County. doesn't matter where you go. There's no such thing as cheap housing in Orange County. Just not a, not a thing. It's like, you want a good deal? Unless a miracle happens, you're not getting one. Um, and so, uh, a miracle happened. And so, we ended up in Newport Beach renting a house for the cheapest possible thing in all of Newport Beach. Some of the students have been there. It's like, how'd you end up here? People are like, oh, you must be rich. No, no, I promise you, I'm on a pastor's salary. This is not what pastors usually get because they can't afford that. And it's just a little three-bedroom, two-bath. And so, we were blessed by the owners of that house. But something turned real quick. They came to replace a faucet. Next thing you know, we got a 60-day notice to get out. 
I think full disclosure, they want to move back in. And okay, it's their house. I guess they get to do that. Problem is, we weren't planning on it. And so we're moving all of our earthly treasures over to Fountain Valley. We upgraded from Newport Beach to Fountain Valley. So we're very excited about that. Not knocking Fountain Valley. It's a wonderful, wonderful place. I just wish the beach could be a mile away from me still. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. (laughs) Blessed be the name of the Lord. But that's not what I came here to tell you about. Um, As my students know, I I love the name of the church, Authentic Church. I'm just going to be authentic with you. We will get to the Word. Don't worry. You're like, where's the Word of God, man? It's coming. Okay? It's coming. While the band was leading us, and we're going to have a response time of prayer. Do you guys do that here? You guys pray? Okay. Um, you, pre, pre-worship, post-worship, we'll have it both ends there. The Just Give Me Jesus, which comes from an old, um, an old gospel hymn uh, that, uh, that is beautiful, but that just struck my heart. And I, I had this thought, why would you want to give up houses in Orange County on the beach, and cars and riches? You can have the whole world. Just give me Jesus. Is it a cop-out to get away from responsibility? Because those things require responsibility. No. I think if you have an authentic heart for God and you realize who Jesus is and what he's done, then the only response we possibly can have is just give me Jesus. I want to, and if you're if you're if you're in a place right now, like I have been many times, where you're just like, I, I believe that, but I'm not feeling it. I want to be authentic with my faith. I want to be authentic with who I am with God, but I'm not feeling that. Let me, let me point out, Jesus says in Revelation chapter 22, verses 7 through 10, and then again, verse 15, he says, Behold, I am coming. I am coming. And I will bring my reward with me. I think too often in the church, we forget that Jesus is both alive now, or was alive, born on the earth to the Virgin Mary, lived on the earth, died on the cross, but he rose from the dead and ascended to heaven, where he now is with the Father until the Father says, go back. But he says in Revelation chapter 22, behold, I am coming. And I want to frame my message with that thought, that Jesus is returning. And that's something that I just don't think we think about enough because we have so many earthly responsibilities. But if we understood who it was, like Jesus said, if you understood who it was who, who asks you for a drink, you would have asked him for eternal life, unending. I think we are like the woman at the well, which is not my text passage, but uh, Pastor Jeff, he text, text, speaking of text, he texts me a few times, bring the fire, bring the fire. I'm like, yes. It's like, no, I'm praying for fire. I'm like, then okay. And my, my heart just starts stirring, knowing he's praying for me. I'm like, okay. So I'm just going with this. Uh, the woman at the well, I think we are like her. We don't have any ill intent. Oh, but we got a history of baggage. Come on, can I get a witness on that? We got, ooh, we got stuff. We're like, yeah, she had five husbands, sinner. You don't have to have five husbands to be a sinner. You can have just, this fruit tastes good. That wasn't a bad sin, was it? Just pluck, eat. Is that so bad? Just, just a, it's just a piece of fruit. Just a piece of fruit, God. It's just a piece of fruit. 
I know you told me not to do it, but wow, I won't do it next time. I learned my lesson. Yeah, you will, because now all of humanity will die. Dang it. (laughs) But that's the reality of our lives. We need to be authentic about the fact that God loves us, which we just sing about as well. But we have need of Jesus. And so if we really, really, really sit for a moment and consider the fact that Jesus is alive and he's returning, amen, would we not then just say, take the world, give me Jesus because he's going to give me the universe. (laughs) Give the planet, get the universe. Good deal. Because the planet is his footstool anyway. So who wants a footstool? Let's take the, let's go with Jesus on the big stuff. I have theories about when we get to heaven, what we'll be able to do. A lot of people are like, oh, harps, and we're just going to sing all the time. No way, man. Look at this universe. Do you think God meant us to stay on this planet? I'm with Elon Musk. Go to Mars and beyond. Let's do something about that. You know, come on. There's so much to explore and, and give God glory for his creation. That was the enlightenment. Isaac Newton and the gang, they just started dis- discovering things because they, Galileo, they wanted to see more of what God made. They wanted to know more of who God was through his creation. We are meant to worship the creator and to say, wow, God, look at the rings around Saturn. You made that. It's beautiful. You are awesome. Give, take the world and its systems, let's say. Give me Jesus. So, where do we go from here, Pastor Mike? Great question. I want to talk to you about, practically speaking, hearing God's voice so that you can live a life that fulfills his will for your life. I'm going to give you some practical things. And I know I gave you a few scripture verses. You were wondering where they were, and I just gave them to you. I'm going to give you a few more. The danger is that you're like, well, where's the connection? See, I, if you could get in my brain, I can extemporaneously go for it. But I also like exegetical. So that was my extemporaneous moment. Now we're going to get a little more exegetical stuff here. That is digging into a specific passage. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, the ultimate goal here is that we as Christ followers are to be transformed into the image of God. That, that as that is happening, we're going to pause Selah for a moment and say, wow, when God says, when Jesus says he is coming, when he is returning, there's something about that. That, that we need to, if we don't get excited about it, that's okay. We don't need to be excited about every moment of, of life, but we we definitely need to pause and say this is truth and let our hearts be transformed. The word transform, metamorpho in the Greek, means to make over to a radically different form, a composition, state, or disposition, to change in appearance or character. My daughter, Rama found a little monarch caterpillar in our backyard. And I didn't know what monarchs eat, so I thought, get us some leaves, because butterflies or the caterpillars eat leaves. <laughs> They need a specific kind of leaf, apparently. Um, so we, we are looking for, finally we Googled it, of course, and found that caterpillars 
monarchs like milkweed. So we got a milkweed, but by this time, poor little Kathy the caterpillar is what Raymond named her, was already on her deathbed. She crystallized about halfway through. And we're like, oh. So we had the milkweed, buried her little caterpillar body in the soil. We're like, well, let's put the milkweed in the garage for now. Next thing I know, there's like five other little caterpillars on the, cat, the milkweed because I guess a butterfly had already put its eggs on the, on the leaves. So while Kathy died, we had other caterpillars. Those things went in their chrysalis. We had butterflies. I watched one coming out of its chrysalis. I'll save you the, uh, the, the life lessons of how we struggle and get out. We fall out our wings. We fly. The whole point is the transformational process that God is taking us through is much like that. And we have to try, I believe God, again, his creation, he gives little flashpoints of this is what I'm talking about. Guys, we're a bunch of larvae. Some of us are more fit larvae than others, but the truth is we have not yet been fully transformed. I would like it even as, you know, is baptism stuff ready for today if that happens? I, I didn't, okay, don't worry, don't worry. I don't want to stress you out. Okay, don't worry. Yeah, we could splash holy water on them. Okay, great. Um, but uh, the whole transformation process, death is part of our transformation process. I don't want to die, but that's part of the process. Unless Jesus returns in our lifetime, in which case, yay. We caught up in the air to meet them. I like to fly. I'd rather fly than die. How about that one? Okay, you could put that on a poster somewhere. Um, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, not conformed to the pattern of the world. So let's get into that. The word conformed, sushematizo, that's the Greek, if you wanted to know. I probably totally butchered that. It refers to conforming oneself to the outer fashion or the outward appearance of the world, accommodating oneself to a model or pattern. This word occurs elsewhere in the New Testament, 1 Peter 1.14, where it is described as those conforming themselves, conforming themselves to worldly lusts. Even apparent or superficial conformity to the present world system or any accommodation to its ways would be and can be fatal to the life of a Jesus follower. So when we give in to the world and its ways, we have to be discerning. I, I already know because we did get to go on the beach with you guys a few times. I got the heartbeat of your church and of Pastor Jeff. I've had coffee with him over at that little shack of a place over on the side of the Newport Boulevard. I forget. It starts with an, I don't, churches, Dick Church. I, I can't forget that. Hey, good job, Pastor. Dick Church is over there. Um, and uh, that was fun. So getting to know the heartbeat, you guys are totally okay with uh, uh, God's moving and, and his spirit moving. But I really believe that we have to get to this place of understanding that we have to discern the times in which we live. When we, like my kids, I'm okay with offending you with the cross. I try not to offend you with my preferences. Fair? Fair? Like, if you're offended that I tell you you need to repent of your sins, I'm okay with that. Go be offended. Deal with your junk. But with things that I have preference, I got to be careful. So I'll just say this. There are certain things that I have discerned throughout the course of my young life that are dangerous to the Christian soul. Things that we normally as Christians would say, that's fine, and I can handle it. It's kind of like 
you know, those who can eat meat sacrificed to idols, as Paul talks about in Corinthians. I'm, my conscience isn't seared by that. Okay, that's fair. You have a fair argument there scripturally. But there are certain things that carry demonic activity with them. Let me just say this. Anything that says witchcraft in it, probably you don't want to be about that. Some of you are picking up what I'm putting down. But if there's something with the word witchcraft in it, you probably want to go, whoop, not going that way. We're going to turn, make a repent from that one. Because the word witchcraft means witchcraft. <laughs> and that, I would, I, would, I would propose to you, is dangerous for your soul. Any incantations or divinations that are not done with a supplication of humility before God Almighty saying, Jesus is Lord, I am not. He is the one who has all power and he's given me authority as one who represents him, but beyond that I have nothing. Anything that goes outside of those bounds that God has made, like Saul did when he went to the witch of Endor to find out Samuel and Samuel comes from the grave and says, what have you done? Those kind of incantations and divinations, even resurrecting, so to speak, the spirit of a prophet are not okay, scripturally, and let me tell you practically. I'm sure Pastor Jeff and some of you in here have had stories. I have prayed over and exhaustively, it sounds so cliche-ish, but cast out demons from people who've exposed themselves to demonic activity through the con conforming to the pattern of the world with something as simple as, well, we just were playing with the Ouija board. I didn't know a demon was going to come into me as a result. And who would? Except that the Bible tells us clearly to not conform to the pattern of this world. So what? We're not going to go play with Ouija boards after this, Pastor Mike. Why are you sharing this? I'm just giving you an example of my, because most of my ministry of the 21 years, 14 of them were spent in youth ministry. So I'm still trying to get my adult ministry uh, hat working here. So forgive me if it sounds youthy. Some of my students on even the campus, they, no, uh, maybe plug yours so you're not offended. They're, they're so knowledgeable. They're like, I'm, I'm learning so much. You just sound so youth pastory. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was that for 14 years, but I'm trying to get out of that. But maybe once a youth pastor, always a youth pastor. I digress. Let us not conform any longer to the pattern of the world. And maybe that is something as simple as a philosophical mindset that one or another news organization is just continually funneling. Let me tell you one conformity, last one, and then we'll move on. Fear. The world wants you to conform to fear right now at every turn and corner because they can control you, manipulate you, and use you for their own gain if you're afraid. Fear is a conformity to the pattern of the world. Perfect love drives out fear. Don't live in fear. I'm not saying be foolish, but don't live in fear. Like, I am not afraid of the hot stove. Thank you. You got it. That's foolish. And I just jacked my voice and I didn't bring my water bottle. <clears throat> it's okay. So, don't conform to the pattern. So, in order to be transformed in our minds and therefore know God's will, we want to share, I want to I share a few practical observations from this passage. First one is simple. We did it this morning before service. Thank you, Isaac. And we did it before I started preaching. That is this, offer your body and worship 
as you look up to Jesus because your redemption draws near. He is coming. As we look to his, oh, you are awesome. That is all I need. Sorry, YouTube people, because Pastor Jeff told me you're on YouTube. I am not good on TV because I just do things that I would normally do in real life, and on TV that just doesn't work. I, I don't know if I'd be a great actor or not. Okay, speaking of not conforming the world, I'm not saying I conform to Paul Rudd, but I really like his character, Ant-Man. Just saying. Okay. I thought you said don't conform. I'm not conforming. I'm just saying it's a fun character. Um, but we're to offer our body in worship as we look upon Jesus and his mercy, as we look to his return, as we look to the cross. See, notice how Paul starts this passage by saying that we offer our body. Because the first thing that we, we usually do is we do stuff with our body. We go somewhere. Even in, when we were in Zoom days, we did something with our body, our faces. We had to do something with who we are. We, we, so Paul is saying, first thing, offer your body. He didn't say not your mind or soul or voice, not saying those wouldn't come, but our body, which is a beautiful picture. According to 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20, check this out. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. In other words, God is asking us through Paul to offer the place of God's dwelling for him to dwell in to a clean house with a renewed mind. So he's saying offer your body because that's where I'm going to be dwelling. I'm going to be dwelling in your body. So what we do with our bodies matters. How we treat one another with our bodies matters. That same text in 1 Corinthians 6 talks about he who sins sexually sins against his own body. But don't you know you were bought at a price? You're not your own. We belong to Jesus. We are, our bodies are the temple, the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm up here just preaching the word. Have I gotten it perfect and right? No. But I'm here to remind us to do what the word of God says. And that is to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. We're told in verse 18, flee from sexual immorality of 1 Corinthians 6, 18. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. And then it goes on in 1 Corinthians 7 where Paul goes in right into the instructions on marriage and on purity and obedience to God. See, because purity and offering our bodies to God are directly connected with a godly marriage as well. I don't know where your marriages are at for those who are married, but I want to submit to you, are you individually offering your bodies to God, holy and pleasing, as a spiritual act of worship? And in so doing that individually, God will bring you together in a holy manner within your marriage. I'm not a marriage counselor, but I do know what the Word of God says. I may not be a smart man, but I know love. That's for the older ones in the audience. So, offer your bodies in worship to Jesus and look to him. The second thing is this, don't conform to the worldly patterns that I just talked about. Um, I'm going to give you a little historical lesson. This is pretty cool, actually. It's very Captain America-esque. I know I had another Marvel reference. I'm not conforming, just using it as an illustration. Athanasius, who was an early bishop of Alexandria, stoutly opposed the teachings of Arius Arius t declared and taught that Jesus Christ was not the eternal Son of God, but a subordinate being to God. And so, 
he was teaching this heresy that Jesus was not God, which is clearly not scriptural. And so Athanasius was hounded through five exiles because Arius had great influence. So Athanasius was exiled, and then he was finally summoned before Emperor Theodosius, who demanded that Athanasius cease his opposition to Arius. In other words, let Arius teach what he wants. We're, just open, to, we're open to many different views, is what the emperor was trying to say. And so Athanasius' response, when the emperor reproved Athanasius and asked, do you not realize that the whole world is against you? Athanasius simply responded, then I am against all the world. Because he knew that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, risen from the dead, and he is God. And he would not recant that. He would not relent. Although everybody else was going in this direction of Arius because he had great political influence and power, Athanasius, we could actually thank Athanasius for the fact that he took a stand in Western civilization at that time to say, no, Jesus is God, and we're holding true to that. I will hold true to that. He, even when the emperor himself, he stood against the emperor, and he did not budge. He did not conform to the pattern of incorrect teaching from the church at the time. The church was against him, and he did not budge because he knew what Scripture said. This begs the question, so what is a worldly pattern of conformity? And I, I believe I kind of answered that question early on, that we don't conform to the pattern of the world. But it says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So now we offer our bodies... We don't conform to the pattern of the world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. I want to give you a little testimony testimony of my own. I grew up in a very broken home. My mom is now with her third husband, and I have permission from her to share this story because she's given her life fully over to the Lord at this time, and so I'm thankful for that. But I had two younger sisters, and my stepdad for 14 years abused us in the home. My mom was beaten. My sister was sexually abused. I was uh, beaten as well. Cops were at our house regularly. I would see people that I didn't even know who they were snorting lines of coke. Pot was smoked in front of me. I'm a little kid. So when I I smell pot, I'm like, I know what that is. Not because I smoked it, because it was always around me. Um, Weird people would be at our house all the time. That's why... I, I, my wife is high hospitality. I'm hospitality, but with questions. <laughs> like, you're welcome into my home. Don't touch anything. Like, I'm very leery upon strangers because strangers are in my home all the time and strangers misused me and my parents. Everything was dangerous because humans tend to not be good. Well, that's cynical. No, I'm just letting you know we're all sinners from birth. That's what David said. Surely I was sinful from birth. Romans chapter 7, um, Paul goes in that back and forth of, uh, whoa, who, you know, I don't do what I want to do, and I do what I don't want to do. And who will save me from this life of sin, basically? He says, praise be to God through Christ Jesus. Do you notice the theme here? Everything points back to Jesus. You have all the world, but give me Jesus. Because Without Jesus, we're done for. 
You'll be lost in your things and your strongholds and your conformity. You'll be lost in it. And don't think, if you've had a few victories in your life, praise God for that. But the moment when we think we have it all together like the Los Angeles Dodgers, people start getting injured and they don't go to the World Series again. You can have millions of dollars, pay for the best players, and you still won't go to the World Series. Because when you think you're at your best, that's when you better get back on your knees and say, Lord, I am not there yet. I'm just a larva. I haven't become my butterfly yet. Yeah, some people are against the whole idea, you know, um, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Oh, don't say that. No, we, we, God loves us. He does love us. And like Aaron said earlier, he loves us in spite of us. He loves us while we were still sinners, Christ still chose to die for us. So we are to come to this place of the renewing of our minds. So as I went through this chaos of life, it was around the age of 12, when fear and anxiety was gripping my heart in a powerful but bad, powerful way. And I didn't know what to do. I felt scared, frightened. It didn't, know, it didn't matter what you would say to me. I called my grandma Whitford, who is now 97, still kicking for Jesus. And it... My mom, back then, you had to pay for long-distance phone bills, apparently. AT&T, reach out to touch someone. We lived in Reno, Nevada at the time. My grandma lived down here in SoCal where I was born. So I would call often because I was afraid. And grandma was the only one that could pray with me and give me that soothing encouragement because she's a pastor's wife. My grandpa was a pastor. His name is actually on the back wall back there. He gave money to have this place built. But uh, that's another story. For I didn't even know it until after I graduated. I was like, James Keith Whitford. That's my grandpa. Grandma, did gra Actually, I think he gave some money because like, he passed away in 2000. I'm like, that's cool. Swell. Way to go, Gramps. So um, she would soothe me, and that was cool. But through the years, uh, all the way up until I came here to Vanguard when I was ni uh, 19 years old, because I came as a transfer student, um, I struggled with anxiety and depression. And my mind was this war zone, for lack of better description. Baseball helped alleviate that. Baseball and Grandma Whitford. And uh, all that to say, it was here at Vanguard, one of my friends, my roommate, I was like, I just want to be free from this. I know God can heal me. I've been holding on to that for seven years. He said, let's pray. Slapped his hand on my forehead. Hands on anointing. Come on, somebody. Prayed for me. I agreed with that prayer. Since the age of 19, I'm 45 now. I don't mind you knowing that. You can know my age. It's fine. Um... I've been free from anxiety and depression, completely free, completely, because God transforms the mind. Now, remember, I grew up under this chaos from the age of five when my mom and dad divorced, didn't know anything until I was 12, and when you're 12, 13, you start to realize things about life. That's, that's why things start to fragment. That's why I want to give a shout out to the teenagers of the world. They're not bad people. They're just starting to realize how bad the world is. They're waking up to the, to the horrors of reality, and they don't know what to do with it. Some cope better than others, and that's why a mom and a dad in the home is important because it provides a stability to let the child know, despite what's going on out there, we're going to be okay in here, and that's a good thing. Now, if you're from like a background like me, guess who's a father to the fatherless? He takes care of his kids. He took care of me. I don't want to cry for my first time preaching at your church, so I'm going to try not to do that. And it doesn't look good on YouTube, so I'm going to stop, 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 stop. 
but he renewed my mind. Dang it. (laughs) And this is a testament of his grace and his mercy for me. Now, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, here's the thing. I don't know what he's done for you, but when I think about what he's done for me, I'm a, I'm a sobbing mess. I'm just, I just, I just become, I'm trying to think of a superhero that melts and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know one. That'll be me. What's that? Jello. Yeah, yeah, just, did you say jello? Yeah, something even worse than that, liquid. I become liquid. Mr. Fantastic, he can do that. He can stretch and be, there you go. So Jesus renews our minds. But here's the thing. We have to be active about it. See, here's the thing. There are many throughout these seven years that wanted to give me medicine, all this stuff, and try it. Nope, didn't work. My mom would hate it because I'd throw it away. <laughs> I was like, God's going to heal me. She's like, well, he sh-. and my mom would even say, well, he hasn't. So blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. I'm not, and I'm, by the way, if you're on medicine, I'm not suggesting you just go throw it away. That was my journey. But I did throw it away when I was 19 and haven't been back. And so I literally live this mind renewal that God has given me. And it's through his word, through encounters with his Holy Spirit, and through camaraderie and fellowship with his people. And so I'm thankful for the church. The church is good because God made it good. Jesus made it good through the shedding of his blood. Okay, so then here, now we come up to the payoff pitch. Then you will know God's perfect and pleasing will for your lives. So here's how we discern the, the will of God in his voice, okay? Some are like, how do you hear from God? Well, listen, I'm going to share something with you because it was so impactful for me. And this isn't my will or your will or our good will. No, it's God's good and pleasing will. So you may have good ideas. He's got God ideas that are good for you because he made them. You think good, but you, Jesus himself said, good teacher. They said to Jesus, good teacher. And I always perplexed by this. Good teacher. Tell them that. He goes, why do you call me good? There's no good, none good but God. And, I, and it's like, well, aren't you God? Well, now you just proved Arius' point. Way to go, Jesus. No, he is God, but he's making a point to say, listen, humanity is not good without the Father. Without our connection to Father God, we are not good. These bodies need spirit because without spirit, they die, and that is not good. And it's, it's not because God hates. It's because God created us, and I don't know about you, but this iPhone that I have and you and any device you have, it will die one day, but if I get it serviced, guess what? It can get better, right? Get the new software, download that puppy. Things are running until the battery dies. It's a bad metaphor, but you know where I'm going with it. The maker of the stuff knows how to treat the stuff and make it better. We're still being transformed daily. This is why it's active. We must choose to follow God. Get up and pray, even if it's just for five minutes in the morning. Get up and read the Bible. Even if you're like, I read that before. Well, maybe God wants to show you something new you don't know yet because you are finite and he's infinite. You can't possibly know everything the word of God has to say. There are things in scripture I'm like, I've read the whole Bible. How have I not seen that before? Because I think in my mind, oh, I know it all. No, you don't. Whitford, get on your knees and praise the one who made everything because that word is eternal. Okay. Thank you. Amen. So since we've already given our will 
to God by offering our bodies. Because remember, your body is like your will. It's what you do. You've given your will over to God as a living sacrifice, and you choose to yield your mind to the Spirit for transformation. Okay, we're on this journey. Now we might be able to know God's will, but it can only be known by faith. Faith is the key here. Because like, well, God told me to do this, and it totally just went backfired. I use Peter as an example. He got out of the boat, right? That took faith. He started sinking. Backfired. Jesus comes up to him. You have little faith. Why did you doubt? I'm thinking Jesus. He just stepped out of the boat and walked on water with you. All the other disciples are freaking out in the boat. Give Peter a little kudos here. Like, hey, good job, Peter. High five. Way to get out of the boat. You're the only guy that did it. You get a gold star. No, Jesus said, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Dang, Jesus, you're hardcore. Man, get a little encouragement around here. And Peter gets rebuked left and right all the time, but Jesus restores him in the end because Jesus is faithful. But we must take steps of faith, yea, even out on stormy water and look to Jesus. There, there's that theme again. Lord, if it is you, tell me and I'll come out to you. It's me, Peter. Okay. So here's how we know the difference between your will and God's will. Did Jesus actually say, come? See, Peter could have walked on the water. That's why he got rebuked, because Jesus said, come, and then Peter doubted his word. Peter doubted the word of God. Come, it is I. Okay, but there's waves sinking. Just trust the word of God. Faith. So I'm going to give you some practical things here. Back to Grandma Whitford. She's 97, lives up in Apple Valley. I went to Apple Valley High School myself, high desert. I'm like Luke Skywalker. I grew up on Tatooine. Very cool. As we offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, and we don't conform to the pattern of the world, now that, we got all that, now that you're all master students in knowing how to please God with offering your bodies as living sacrifices and not conforming to the world, we're all there, right? We just all went on a fast track. You're there. Let's just, we're there. Magic. Okay. Oh, not magic. Sorry. Scratch that from the record. First thing is this, Grandma went for gaming. So I was coming out of Vanguard, and I want to respect the time here. I was coming out of Vanguard graduating. I didn't know what to do with my life. And so I asked her, and she said, Mike, here, here's some things. First thing was this, God's word. What are you getting from the word of God? What, what is God revealing to you through his word, whether it's through preaching of the word, reading of the word? Or maybe you hear it on the radio, wherever. What are you getting from God? What is God speaking to you from his word? That's the first thing you want to gauge the will of God on. Second thing, Grandma Whitford, she's 97, mind you. She knows stuff. Your will. What do you want? So the first one is God's word, revelation. The second thing is your will. That is the desires of your heart. What do you want? Because chances are, if you've offered your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, and not conform to the pattern of the world and are transformed by the renewing of your mind, your desires are going to be more in alignment with God anyway. Now, that's not 100% foolproof because you still got some sinful nature left in there. So you can watch out. But your will, what do you want? So now you have the word and your will, okay? Now, we're going somewhere with this. Hold on to those two W's. Notice I'm using W's here because Grandma Whitford, the W works. Godly wisdom, counsel. When you seek counsel from others, what are they saying to you? Like, hey, I got this thing going on. What do you think? Well, if there's your pastor or a teacher or a parent or an uncle or somebody, get some wisdom from that. My uncle, Mike and Bill, up in Sacramento, they both own car lots. And so when I buy a car, I'm not going to go ask. I don't want to. I'm not going to ask somebody who doesn't know. Let's just say that. 
I'm going to call Uncle Mike and Uncle Bill. What do you think? Is this a good deal? And if it isn't, do you have a good deal for me up there, Uncle? Nephew discount. Come on, nudge, nudge. Which I did get one of those recently. You have to be a nephew, though, of one of them. So anyway. Godly wisdom. What wisdom is? So, so you got the word of God. You've got your own will. You've got godly wisdom. Here's another W. Uh, call this double W. Wonders and warnings. That is open and closed doors. What kind of wonderful things is God presenting? Or what kind of things he's slamming in your face saying, do not go there. Uh, wrong answer. Don't do it. How, I, if you're like me, you're like, I want to see anyway. Kick the door open. Hey, okay. Shouldn't have done that. I'm very driven. Sometimes can be driven in the wrong direction. Ah, amen. Getting witness right there. Because we're this kind of church. I'm going to say we are because I was with you guys on the beach. Um, prophetic word, audible word of God. My sister has heard the audible voice of God. I was dropping my girlfriend, Jenny, off. I'm not married to Jenny, by the way. Jenny and I didn't make it. She cheated on me, but that's her choice. Whatever, Jenny, you missed out. Okay. And then I'm, after I walked her to the door, my sister was in my, in my 1985 Chevy S10 extra cab white pickup, pretty cool truck. And she's like, the door's open. I get in the driver's side, and the, the passenger side's open. I'm like, my sister's gone. I'm like, where the heck? It's like, I'm looking, I'm like, where? it's like 1130 at night. I'm like, where's my sister? I'm like looking for her. She's walking down the street looking for somebody. I'm like, Kim, what are you doing? She turns around, eyes bawling. Did you hear him? Did you hear him? Now, mind you, we've been through chaos in life. I never heard the audible voice of God. Still waiting. I will one day because, Lord, you know, heaven and all that. But she said it sounded like many voices but one. If I flip through my Bible, there's something in Revelation about that. She, he spoke her name, Kimberly. She just was bawling, like, lucky, wow. And then she went home, spoke in tongues, and began to write the interpretation in her journal. And it was all about the father loving and caring for her because our father wasn't there and our stepfather was not being that. And my little sister needed to know that her heavenly father loved her. So sometimes God does speak to you audibly. In those rare moments. And last but not least, world events. Hey, the Israelites, when there was a famine, go to Egypt. When Egyptians uh, are murdering their firstborn, eh, time to leave there. Let's go back to the promised land. God will move you in cataclysmic world events. It's not wrong to leave somewhere because it's just like, I can't do anymore. Shake the dust off your sandals and go where they will listen to the word of God. Sometimes you got to shake the dust off. I'm not saying leave authentic church, by the way. That's Pastor Jeff. I stay here. It's a good church. Actually, it's one of the best. I've been, I get to speak at churches a lot, and you guys got a good thing going here. Let me honor you. You have a good thing going here. The Spirit is right here. Not just talking about Holy Spirit. I'm talking about your spirit, your collective spirit. I speak in spiritual terms here to affirm you to say, don't lose that hunger for God's presence. Don't get lost in the minutia of detail. Love that you have detail, like great TVs and online and whatnot. Way to go there, but presence of God is where it's at. So, where are we going with this? Now, please come on up. We're going to just close with a simple bit of prayer. And uh, what time do we usually end-ish? It depends. 
I like you guys. It's great. Great. I'm only one quarter of the way through the message, so nobody sit in a high window and fall out. I'll have to go pray back to life like Paul. We don't want to do that. Miracles. Um, but seriously, I don't know if I could do that, so don't sit in a window and fall over. No, I'm kidding. We're almost done here. Um, so let me review this really quick from Grandma Whitford. If you're trying to discern the will of God for your life, God's word, go to the word. What is God telling you from the word? Your will, what do you want in your heart and the desires of your heart after you've submitted to God? The wisdom around you, the wonders and warnings, opens and closed doors, prophetic or audible word from the Lord, and then world events. Now, Grandma Whitford said this, Mike, you're not going to have 100% alignment on all these, but if like four or five, five of these things, most of these things line up to the same direction, chances are that's probably where God's probably leading you. You know, obviously, sometimes you just got to take a step of faith and go, I don't, my, my W's are all over the place. You just got to go and do what God calls you. You got to go with what God, but there's wisdom in this process. And grandma, who's 97 now, I think she has some good things to say, and it's rooted scripturally. So know that you can hear the voice of God. He's not hard to follow. He's totally accessible. Jesus is with us. And so I wanted to end with that whole idea you can have the whole world. Don't conform to the pattern of the world. Be transformed by the running of your mind. But give me Jesus, because he's the one who transforms us. He's the one who heals us. He's the one that perfects us, makes us whole. Because if he does not return in our lifetime, and I pray he does, he's coming to a church that's ready. That's what we're told in First Peter chapter 3. That you can speed the coming of the Lord by living holy and godly lives. Did you know that? That's what we're told. Speed the Lord and his coming by living holy and godly lives. So let's do our best to live a life given to Jesus. And so what I'm going to do is just keep it simple. And I'm going to go with altar call because I don't know what else to do. And I haven't done it in so long. If you just need prayer up here today as the band plays, we're just playing that song. You can have the whole world, but give me Jesus. And you, you sense Holy Spirit tug in your heart. Maybe it's for the first time to say, I need to give my life to Jesus. I've been conforming to the pattern of the world. Heck, I am the world. <laughs> I need Jesus. Well, come give yourself up. Give Jesus. Not a chance. Give your life to Jesus. Because he gave everything for you. He died a brutal death that none of us, I think, would be willing to do. Once we saw what was coming, we'd probably go, whoa. Even Jesus said, if there's any other way, Father, may this cup pass for me. But nonetheless, not my will, but your will be done. He was totally submissive to the Father and what they had already planned to do from eternity on our behalf. He executed the mission and he did it. He died for us because he also knew the other side, resurrection, glory. So we're going to spend some time praying up here. I'm sure you have a prayer team. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.